Chapter Three of the Commentary by Voltaire on an Essay on Crimes and Punishments by Cesare Beccaria, translated by Edward Duncan Ingraham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Chapter Three of the Punishments of Heretics. The denunciation of the punishment of death against those who differed from the established church in certain points of doctrine was peculiarly the act of tyranny no christian emperor before the time of the tyrant maximus ever thought of condemning any man to punishment merely on account of controversial points it is true that it was two spanish bishops who pursued to death the priscillianists under maximus but it is also not the less true that this tyrant was willing to gratify the ruling party by shedding the blood of heretics barbarity and justice were viewed by him with equal indifference jealous of theodosius who was also a spaniard he flattered himself with the idea of depriving him of the empire of the east having already usurped that of the west theodosius was detested for his cruelties but he understood the art of gaining to his party the heads of the church maximus was desirous by displaying the same zeal of attaching the spanish bishops to his faction he flattered both the old and the new religion he was a man as treacherous and inhuman as indeed were all those who at this period aspired to or obtained the empire the government of this vast portion of the world was similar to that of the algiers at the present day the soldiery created and dethroned the emperors they selected them often from among the natives of their country regarded as barbarous theodosius opposed to his antagonist other barbarians from scythia it was he who filled the armies with goths and who raised up alaric the conqueror of rome in this horrible state of confusion the empire belonged to him who could strengthen his party most effectually by any and every means in his power maximus just had procured the assassination at lyon of gratian the colleague of theodosius and meditated the destruction of valentinian the second who while yet a child had been nominated as the successor of gratian at rome he assembled at treves a powerful army composed of gauls and germans he was also levying troops in spain when two spanish bishops idasio and ithacus or itasius men who possessed much influence came and demanded of him the blood of priscillian and of all his adherents who were persuaded that souls are emanations from god that the trinity does not include three hypostases and who moreover carried their sacrilegious doings so far as actually to fast on sundays 
maximus half pagan half christian was soon aware of the enormity of these crimes the holy bishops idasio and itasius also obtained permission to torture priscillian and his adherents before they put them to death they were both present at the executions in order to see that all things were regularly conducted and they returned home praising god and numbering maximus the defender of the faith among the saints but maximus being defeated by theodosius and afterwards murdered at the feet of his vanquisher had not the honour to be canonized it is proper at the same time to remark that st martin bishop of tours who was a truly good man solicited the pardon of priscillian but being himself accused of being a heretic he returned to tours for fear of being put to the torture at trevis as for priscillian he had the consolation after being hanged however of being looked upon by his followers as a martyr they celebrated the day of his canonization and they would probably do so to this day if there were any priscillianists remaining in the world this example made the whole church tremble but soon after it was not only successfully imitated but even surpassed priscillianists had perished by the sword by the halter and by stoning to death a young lady of quality suspected of having fasted on a sunday was only stoned to death at bordeaux these punishments however appeared too mild it having been duly proved that god required heretics to be roasted alive by a slow fire the convincing argument offered in support of this opinion was that it was in that manner that god himself punishes them in another world to which they added that all princes and all representatives of princes including therein all petty magistrates were the images of god in this sublunary world in pursuance of this principle they everywhere burnt all witches and sorcerers such personages being manifestly under the empire of the devil and extended the same charity to all heterodox christians who were deemed more criminal and dangerous than even sorcerers themselves the precise nature of the heresy with which the priests whom king robert the son of hugh and constance his wife ordered to be burnt in their presence at orleans in ten twenty two were contaminated is not known how indeed it should be known there being at that time none but some few scholars and monks who could read is not easy to determine this fact however is well established that robert and his wife satiated their eyes with the view of this most abominable spectacle one of these secretaries had been confessor to constance who thought that she could in no way better repair the misfortune of having confessed herself to a heretic than by seeing him devoured by the flames 
custom ripens into law from that period down to the present day the church has continued to burn those who were or who at least appeared to be blackened by the crime of erroneous opinion End of chapter three